Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast here on ClavesOnline.com. Let's talk a little St. Louis U basketball today. And with us is Bob Ramsey, the longtime voice, veteran voice, Hall of Fame voice of St. Louis University and their Billigans, who've gotten off to a great start this year. Bob, first of all, it's good to visit with you. We'll be doing this on a more regular basis. And right now, it's good to be a Billiken fan. Yeah, you know, Mike, it really is. And it's always, always great to talk to you. Folks probably know we've been We've been friends for 35 years, and uh, we talk all the time anyway, so we might as well let everybody else in on the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, but it is a a good time to be a Billiken fan. Um, uh, Travis has has put together a really nice squad, and um, I think, and and we've seen the ups and downs of uh, the Billiken program over the decades, and this is clearly an uptick, and I would tell you I am convinced that this is the deepest team that SLU has ever had. And um, now, will it end up being the best team ever? Oh, you know, that's an open question till the end of the year. And then we can debate about that in March and April and, and, and who knows when the season will be actually be over. But that's an open question. But I, I'm convinced it's the deepest team. You know, one of the things that we all are guilty of is trying to make comparisons from one era to another and one team to another. But I I think the reason why this team has probably garnered a little bit more interest, uh, not only locally, but I'm I'm sure there's some people around the country that are starting to pay attention to it, is that that there are some games on the schedule that have been eyebrow raisers. Obviously, uh, the LSU game was one that I think people kind of paid attention to, LSU being one of the better teams in a, and I think an underrated SEC. Agreed. Uh, you, you're going to have Minnesota, uh, a team that I think is a, is a team not what I would call desperate, but young Patino would like to have a, a good season. And they've got some talent. They've got some length. And then, of course, North Carolina State, who is going to be on the agenda for tonight, comes from the ACC. Uh, no, Valvano's not still coaching there, and they don't have Thorough Bailey or any of those guys, but they are still a, a credible team that you guys have had experience with in the past. Yeah, you know, a number of years ago when the Bills were in the uh, NCAA tournament and really had one of their great comeback victories of all time, they were down, I think it was 16 points with seven minutes left, something like that, in in a a, a round one tournament game and came back and won. And uh, it it was really one of the great victories. That's the only time the two programs have played each other. Um, So tonight is number two. Um, Both teams had lost games. Uh, North Carolina State um, lost a game to Louisville, so they didn't want to just um, get another blood donor. They're 3-0, and and that's your phrase, and I love it. Um, it's perfect. All three of their victories are against blood donors, in, including a non-Division one. And so every these kinds of schools know they need to beef up their uh, strength of schedule. So win or lose this game, um, it will help both of these teams to play each other. And, um, and it, it's funny how it came together. Uh, I was teasing Travis about this must be like how it was in the old barnstorming days. Hey, we're on the road. You want to play a game? And, and they get it set up. Uh, they first worked the phones, got no traction, put it out on social media, and we're, were able to hook up with North Carolina State, put the game together in a couple of days. And it's only been on the schedule for 48 hours. And it's mm-hmm. – uh, it's pretty remarkable the way the the way this season is working out for everybody. Well, I appreciate the creativity 
uh, on both programs. And, and here's where I think it's going to be even more fun. From a coaching standpoint, you don't have a bunch of days and a bunch of video to watch a team and know who goes to his left or any of that. This is how well you can evaluate your team and how well they execute things they need to do fundamentally, running the offense the proper way, uh, compared to just trying to centralize a certain area uh, of your opponent that you've been practicing for. You got to go out and just do what you do best and know, and know how to maintain the defensive fundamentals, which I think if I was a coach, man, this sounds like this would be fun. It's almost like when you go into the, the NCAA tournament and you win that first game, you don't have a lot of time to turn it around and figure out who your next opponent is, even though you just saw him play right before or right after you. Mike, 100%. And even with um, the video, and, and probably before the deal was sealed on Tuesday, I'm sure, because I just know how Travis works, that he had probably two guys pouring on every piece of video they could find. And they can, it's un, you know, they, they've got video they can get from it anywhere. It's like the NSA is providing game tapes these days. Um, <laughs> you can't hide. But, but with one day to practice, after playing a game, you can't, you can't grind, as you point out, you can't grind for two or three or four days, learn the other team's offense and have a scout team run it and all those kinds of things. And because they've got uh, three games in, in six days, including another tough one against Minnesota on Sunday, that you can't wear your guys out. Like, you know, coaches want to grind and they want to get after it. So I think you're right. Who does their own thing? best. And uh, Travis lamented that on Tuesday night against Indiana State, he didn't feel they played very well, certainly in about a oh, six or eight minute stretch um, in that game. And he was, he was um, very unhappy with that. His point is, if we play the way we're supposed to play, those things take care of itself. And I think we'll have, I agree with you, two teams that are trying to do just that tonight at Schaefer's Arena. By the way, have you ever heard of a coach that was happy after a win? <laughs> I mean, they, they, can, they can find something to pick at. Uh, it, it's never perfect. Uh, and, and that just lets me know that. I, and I appreciate Travis, and you've known him for a long time. Uh, his, his commitment to detail is something that I think makes him the, the good coach that he is. And his players have certainly responded. And he's got a good staff to work with. What do you think some, and you watch him a lot, what do you think some of the key elements for him and his success and the consistency that he's been able to maintain? First thing, a little tip when people are listening to the pre or post game show on KMOX, listen to, and I fall into the trap all the time. And I'll say, well, your defense was pretty good. And he'll kind of turn his head and grimace and he'll go, well, so you're trying to lob up a softball. You know, it's not, you know, we're not, it's not a Senate subcommittee hearing, you know, it, it, it we're part <laughs> not of the, yet. Yeah. Part of the team. And well, and then he'll start kind of, well, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. It's really pretty funny. Um, but about his attributes are his, it's his, his work ethic, his attention to detail. And the one thing that we've seen good and bad over the last few decades with Billiken basketball, the staff's, that really don't like to recruit, staffs that don't really love recruiting, but they know it's part of the deal. And then there's the staffs 
like Travis and the staff takes their lead from him, they embrace recruiting. They really, it's, it's part of the reason they're in this business because they love to go out and recruit and work at it and be good at it. And I think that's a trait that sets him and his assistant coaches apart. Um, in particular, uh, Corey Tate, who folks know who went to my alma mater, Pattonville High School, and uh, played at Mizzou and was a terrific uh, junior college head coach. And um, uh, Corey is that relationship guy that locks into the, to not just the town, but the region. And, and then you got Ford Stew and has already established himself. I call him the Globetrotter, who will go and has proved it in just a short two years, will go anywhere on the planet to find talent. And then just moved up this year, Ray Giacoletti. And uh, it'll be neat to see him get out on the road once they're able to when the COVID restrictions are lifted. Because here's a guy that's been a head coach and a good head coach um, uh, in places out west, mostly Utah and other places where he's recruited, recruited on a national level in his career. So um, I think the effort is there. The knowledge of how to do it is there. But to back to your original question, I think they stand apart because of the way they, they embrace uh, the job of recruiting. It's remarkable. All right. With North Carolina State in tonight, uh, I'll ask you what you know about them scouting report wise. Uh, and again, I, I know that there's not a lot of information out there. They, they're probably asking the same thing after they ask the question, what is a Billiken? So what do you know <laughs> about them? And, and what do you think is going to be important for the Billikens tonight to be able to maintain a, a consistent flow? The first question for them, I said, hey, pal, I've been doing it for 35 years. Just go to Wikipedia. Um, for, the, <laughs> for the other part, um, in the little bit of research that I've been able to do, I think these two teams are remarkably similar. Um, uh, their head coach, Kevin Keats, talking just like Travis Ford, depth. They've got depth. They've got depth at all positions. They've got, a, they've got a couple of bigs. They've got good wings. They've got good guards. The one question is, is, is um, their freshman point guard, uh, Cam Hayes, he was a four-star recruit, and they've thrown him right into the fire. And so, as I mentioned, uh, and it's not a shot, it's just a factual observation, you know, they're blood donors, but that hasn't been bad because they've been able to get their, their uh, freshman point guard into the mix right, right away. And he seems to be pretty good. They've got a St. Louis kid, Jericho Hellams, who uh, played at Chaminade, a six-seven kid who's one of those in old school days, like you and I, we'd call him an athletic three. You know, mm -hmm. now it's just a, he's out there. But he does a little bit of everything and has, has really turned out to be another St. Louis player that's gone on the big stage and really performed. So they've got a little bit of everything, just like the Billikens. They, they're trying to get back to defense. They may not be quite as accomplished uh, as the Billikens defensively. It's really remarkable. Um, early in the season, uh, the shooting statistics between the two teams are almost identical, which means they can really score too. The Billikens seem to have an edge statistically in some of the uh, defensive, uh, defensive numbers. And here's something over the last five, six years you would never, never have heard uttered, and that is the Billikens have shot free throws way better than they have here in the early wow. going. So, um, you know, however – 
I've always said the minute a statistic, a statistic becomes notable, it's about to change. So I hope, exactly. hope we're not Somebody there else yet. is paying attention to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're I, right. I hope we're not there yet. But this looks to be a really balanced team. Since Keats has taken over, they're legitimately every year a top 50 program. The Billikens thought um, and were, in my estimation, a top 50 program by the end of last year. You know, the Bills have won 10 in a row, including their last six I believe it was six in a row to end the season. Um, the Billikens were right on uh, the borderline of getting into the tournament last spring, just like North Carolina State. And um, so I think these two teams are on a similar path. And on paper, it looks like a hell of a matchup. From early mornings to late nights, your neighbors are busy creating a better tomorrow. And at Ameren, Illinois, we're accelerating progress. From upgrading natural gas mains in Quincy to expanding substation capacity in Mount Vernon. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash futuregrid. Ameren, Illinois, energy at work. Did you know that at Munganass Alton Toyota, you can rent a car? Perfect for any trip you might have planned during the upcoming holiday season. Visit Munganass at AltonToyota.com or call them at 618-208-2400 and set up an appointment to visit Munganass Alton Toyota at 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. Mike Claiborne here with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. And Ryan, I've heard so much about the Hero Loan. Tell me about it. Absolutely. If you're VA eligible, there's no better loan out there. We'll pay for your appraisal and rates are about a full point lower. Apply online today at Hero.loan. Hey, I want to run this by you. Uh, and you you have a keen eye for officiating, and it's been it's been well documented. Um, Boy, you're you're the you're the uh, the the king of phrasing right there. That was well done. <laughs> I think if I were you, I'd start to circulate that around, and let other people know. Hey, I just have a keen eye on it. That, that's all. I'm just able to convey what I see. But you know, with COVID, I saw a game Saturday night, Missouri Illinois. At least I saw part of it. And the officiating was just so up and down and inconsistent. And, and I wonder, Bob, uh, because these referees are used to, to working on a regular basis, maybe three nights a week. Uh, some of them really like the money. They'll try and do four. Do you sense a little bit of unevenness in, in just a few games you've had a chance to do where guys aren't on the same page as much because they don't work in crews like you see in football or in right. Major League Baseball you know, right. there, there's a guy who closed down the pet store and he had a chance to get in the car and come over to St. Louis. And another guy, he's selling insurance and he's at, they all have something else to do and they come from different parts of the country. But have you seen an unevenness with respect to the fact they haven't had a chance to work as often as maybe they're accustomed to? Because you know the game, you've seen the thing that the average fan, and not a shot, but as a casual fan or even a, a rabid fan, then you just see, oh, that's a bad call. But um, here in the early going, uh, when you got a three-person crew, they need to be in lockstep or you will get that unevenness. And um, typically there are exceptions. I always say there's one guy in here who's playing it absolutely straight and looking to do a great job. Then there's a guy who's looking to showcase his talents and show you that, that he's the boss. And then there's usually the third person on the crew that's just there to pick up the check. They're just running some sprints that night. So, but 
And that's okay if those three accept each other's role and work together. It's when you've got those three different elements working against each other, you can get a mess like you had in the Missouri-Illinois game. That crew did everything they could to ruin that game. Luckily, you had two well-coached teams putting everything on the line and made a good game out of it in spite of the officiating. Uh, and, and I give both coaches and teams credit for that. Um, honestly, for the Billikens five games, I think the, the officiating's been okay to good. Um, in fact, this is probably the longest I've gone. I didn't offer up worst call I've ever seen uh, until just the other night for the first time. So either I'm fr- because I'm up in the stands now doing the games, kind of like we were when we started the games o- over at Keel Auditorium. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm up in that situation, so maybe I'm further away and I can't and I can't tell how bad they are. Uh, but um, no, I think seriously, um, those, most of the time they're out there busting their tails to do a good job, and and, and it's been it's been fine so far. Cool. All right, Billikens in North Carolina State tonight, the Wolfpack. You know, that's something I'd say, well, what the hell is a Wolfpack? If they ask me about what's a Billiken. I mean, the last time I heard about Wolfpacks was when Carl Dernis was commanding the German Navy. So, I mean, it's been a while <laughs> since we hear that term. But, I mean, remember well, we're going to submarine Wolfpack? Sink, yeah, we're going to sink the U-boat today then. <laughs> All right, sounds like a plan to me. Billikens and the North Carolina State Wolfpack tonight. You can hear it all on KMOX. With Earl Lawson, he's Bob Ramsey. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for checking us out here on ClavesOnline.com.